Imagine there's no heaven. It's easy if you try. No hell below us. Above us only sky. Imagine all the people living for today. Oh, hi, I'm Sadwater, and this is Sadcast episode 95. I'm sorry for that. I had to do it. Someone needs to say it. Celebrities are fucking retarded. And when they don't have the cameras on them, they they go crazy. And this is a huge revelation. We've never seen anything like this in our lifetime because this is new. This kind of virus, this kind of bio-attack, it's a bio-attack, happens... Once in a generation, maybe, maybe, maybe once every 150 years. I mean, so this is like the Halley's Comet or something. And we're starting we're starting to see celebrities crack. So what I just played to you was Gal Gadot, uh, she's Wonder Woman, and other c- celebrities, they started singing Imagine All the People, the John Lennon song, which if you're six years old is amazing. And, and, and the older you get, the less it makes sense and the less magical it is. And, the, and the, it's just, I'll read you the lyrics. They're so, they're so stupid. If John Lennon was alive today, he wouldn't be, ro- I mean, look, John Lennon is not rolling over in his grave right now because this is um, exactly the vibe of the song. It's, it's the, I'm going to read you the lyrics, but so, so Gal Gadot and other, other celebrities came together with all their wisdom, to sing us a song because it's it's um, hands across America. We're they're gonna make us all feel better. And you know, don't worry about your paycheck that you're not gonna get this week. Don't worry about that. Don't worry that you can't pay rent. Don't worry that you're stuck in your thousand square foot apartment with maybe one or two roommates. Don't worry about that because the celebrities who live in giant mansions, who can quarantine there for one year without really feeling anything. Um, they got your back and, and they, they know, they, they know true suffering. Okay, man, they forget quickly how they won the lottery. These are not impressive people. It's not like they knew a secret that you didn't know and they got famous. They won the lottery. There's a billion hot people in the world. There's a billion people who can memorize lines written by smarter people. And, uh, look, let me tell you the trick of acting. If you want to be an actor, you're stupid. But let me tell you the trick, because I've taken acting classes, which really helped me become more outgoing, like doing this podcast. It, it's because of those. It's not like I wanted to be an actor. But um, let me tell you the trick of acting. Are you a real person? Do you have real feelings? Can you memorize lines? There you go. Because you know who isn't, who, who can't be good actors? Or, you know, sociopaths. Maybe, I mean, maybe they can because they, that's all they do. But it's, if you're a little bit smart, you can see right through that. You can totally see right through that. So, um, it's, it's, oh, you know who can't be good actors too? It's people who don't know how to be funny. There's something about being funny that, that, that automatically will make you a good actor. But you're not a genius. I'll give, I'll, I'll give comedians, um, they're definitely higher on the totem pole because they, they actually write their own material and, and they, they actually experience the life of normal people. They have to observe the normal, you know, normal day-to-day routines and, and, uh, and then find obvious things that are funny that no one ever really noticed. That's, that's what it is. 
But these these idiotic, really good-looking celebrities are empty. They're empty. They have no inner monologue. They they if they are <laughs> if they are left to their own thoughts and uh, devices, they r- quickly realize they're 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 devoid of anything interesting. They are not interesting people. The studio audiences make them interesting. The camera, the lighting, the writers, that's who makes them even remotely interesting, which I don't even consume those things. Like, I don't consume Ellen DeGeneres' show because it's stupid. And it's 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 uh, fluff. So that's actually what Ellen DeGeneres' life is. She is stupid and fluff. And I'll, I'll give you an example because uh, I've been kind of scoping out these people's Twitter the past couple days to make my point. But let me, before I get to those, because I'm going to get to like five celebrities to, you know, give you my example of all these things. Uh, Oh, another thing I wanted to say was the allure and charisma, for instance, with that Imagine All the People song that they sang. Oh my God, they're just so cringe. Uh, The allure and charisma is all gone. Um, They, they, they kind of show you their cards. They're showing you that the, that they're not interesting. We got to stop paying attention to them. Have you ever seen that the episode of The Simpsons where it's a treehouse of horror? It's a Halloween episode where um, the billboards come to life because because everyone keeps paying attention to them and they start terrorizing the town. And the way to kill the billboards is to not look at them. That's what this is. Stop paying attention to the celebrities. And then we're going to see them implode like this right before our eyes. It's so funny. So let's just uh, read you the lyrics of Imagine by John Lennon. This is communism. This song is a communist It's communist manifesto. It's John Lennon's communist manifesto. It starts off with, imagine there's no heaven. It's easy if you try. No hell below us. Above us only sky. Imagine all the people living for today. Okay. Okay. Um how how is that how is this like philosophically relevant to anyone? Let's continue. Imagine there's no countries. It isn't hard to do. Yeah, it is. Imagine trying to relate with China and Chinese people. Go there. They hate you. If it's look, especially if you're black, but if you're white, go there. They'll hate you. There's, it's not like the border. It's not like having governments and borders creates this division. This is human nature. So basically the song is, imagine no human nature. Okay, so we'd be amoebas. I can, I can kind of imagine that. Imagine no evolution. We haven't evolved. We're still amoebas. <laughs> Swimming in ocean blue. I can't sing. And I just came up with that in the back, just right away. I'm a genius. We're amoebas. Do you want us to imagine, you want want to, you know, imagine us as amoebas? Okay, I get it, John Lennon. Very smart. Very deep. Very deep. Uh, Imagine there's no countries. It isn't hard to do. Nothing to kill or die for. And no religion too. Okay. um, You know how there's a virus killing us? Nature goes to war. First of all, I don't think this is like a natural virus. I think it's man-made. But but let's just say the virus was natural. It totally came out of nature and, and you know, nature's hella pissed. Um, it's, uh, it, it's what it does. It's what it does. 
Watch a nature show. Watch animals kill each other for survival. We do that too. We're just slightly, we just like have a little bit more consciousness than than dolphins, and 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 we're you know so we can create art and languages and different cultures and all these wonderful things. Um, but we're still animals. By the way, I'm not saying anything that is even remotely deep. That's how easy it is to destroy John Lennon. Again, this song is interesting if you're six. Because when you're six, look, when I was six, I thought bad guys only exist in Batman movies. So I can imagine a world with no violence in war or anything because I had a good childhood and I just thought it was it was in movies. So I definitely could imagine it because that's how my life was. And, um, you know, if you're looking for a musician from that era that was interesting and smart, go go watch old videos of of uh Zappa, Frank Zappa debating both liberals and conservatives. You'll see you'll get a little bit more meat out of that than John Lennon. John Lennon was really nothing without the Beatles. I you know, you, the older you get, you realize that. Like this song is trash. It's it's trash. My parents might disagree with me. Just read the lyrics though. Um Nothing to kill or die for, and no religion too. Imagine all the people living life in peace. Um, so, no, I can't imagine that either. You know, I, I realized something being in quarantine. I actually, I actually think this is a good thing. I'm going to give you examples later on in this podcast, and this is not. This is going to be a longer podcast than usual. I've been keeping them at an hour. This one might go to an hour and a half. And I'm going to give you examples of of a lot of instances of woke culture dying when shit becomes real. Right now, shit is becoming real. Whether you believe China did this on purpose or not, or this is being blown out of proportion or not, the reality of the situation is is that the major cities are on lockdown. Uh, You can't travel, really. And uh, stores are being closed. People are losing their jobs. So this is real. Woke culture cannot survive when things become a little bit too real. That's why it's good to have uh, something like this happen. Or the aftermath of 9-11. Not saying 9-11 was good, but the aftermath of it was pretty interesting to see because the um, everyone kind of united. It didn't matter what political party you belonged to. And everyone was just pro-America. And you're kind of starting to see that right now. We need these kind of corrections in culture. And it can only happen when something greater than us can bring us together, which is what's happening right now. It's, it's very, very interesting. So imagine a world with no religion or nothing to kill or die for. I can't imagine that because it will never exist. It's impossible for it to exist. It doesn't exist in nature. It doesn't exist in human nature. It's impossible. Look at every movie or every book that starts off with a utopian society. You know what ends up happening? Dystopia. It's the, it's the natural progression of utopia because utopias can't, can't possibly exist. You may say I'm a dreamer. Yeah, I do. I do say you're a dreamer. You're stupid. Look, deep down, I don't think John Lennon believed it. I think he wrote this, he shat this out, and it was just something he, he threw up and was like, oh, this is marketable. 
than it was. But I'm not the only one. Yeah, you're right. Kindergartners are with you on this. Uh, I hope someday you'll join us and the world will be as one. Globalism. He's talking about globalism. I don't think he knows he's talking about globalism, but that's what he's talking about. And it hasn't worked out very well. It was hard for us to mobilize once once this coronavirus got out of hand because most of our medical equipment comes from China. If we were making all that stuff in the United States, not only would we be fine, but our economy would be fine as well. We have to rely on China. for, And, and I'll get to that in a second, too. China doesn't want to give us any medical equipment. Uh, they want to see us suf- suffer. So John Lennon's wrong. Imagine no possessions. Communism! There we go. Communism. Fully co- full communism is 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 back in action in this song. Uh, imagine no possessions. I wonder if you can. No need for greed or hunger. Who says there's a need for hunger? This song. You see this song. If under a micro- micro- microscope, under a shitty microscope, like one of those play school toys, your your child's first science science set. Uh, it, it won't. It won't even. It won't even. Um. It, I mean, it will be exposed there in the play school thing no greed for no need for greed or or hunger okay greed is a human trait uh no need for greed hey man i agree with you i don't think people need to go and buy 30 rolls of paper towels right now but uh you you've scared them enough to where they think that they need to do that and uh it's like it's like we're bears. It's like it's all of a sudden we're bears right now and we have to go into hibernation. That's literally what this is like. And we're like, it's six months. We're gonna be six months locked up. We gotta get everything. We're we're hibernating. Um so yeah, I I agree with you. There's no need for hunger. Who says there's a need for hunger? No one no no leader out there is like, man, I I, I we gotta get more hunger out there. We gotta we gotta ramp up this hunger. I see chart the chart of hunger is going down. We need to bring that back up. Um, imagine no possessions. Yeah. Okay. Mr. Mr. Multimillionaire Beatles. I wonder if Paul McCartney, who's pretty much a billionaire, I wonder what he thinks about no possessions and all his homes and private planes and everything. It's easy. It's it's like all these socialists or communists say this, but they don't live by it. Um, a brotherhood of man. What? Imagine all the people sharing all the world. Don't understand that. You may say I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the one. Okay, okay, okay. Whatever. Fuck you, John Lennon. You're wrong. Your song is dumb, and you're dead. Let's move on, though. So, as I was saying, celebrities have uh, really popped. They've really popped. (laughs) And it took them... (laughs) It took celebrities three days of quarantine in their 20,000-square-foot mansions to pop. It took them three days. It's so funny. I love this. I'm actually enjoying enjoying uh, uh, this whole coronavirus thing. And uh, that's not to diminish people who are actually suffering from the virus. I'm talking about as a cultural uh, view. I um, I just think this is funny. So, so uh, Stefan Molyneux tweeted with regards to the Imagine song and the celebrity singing it. All the movie stars singing about no property, no borders from within their multi-million dollar gated communities. How do they react to people pirating their movies? They're all such empty, pretty, petty garbage. I don't know. That sentence didn't really make sense. Um, And then he says, yeah, Lenin's Imagine is a communist anthem. I agree. I said that. But now let's move on to Madonna. 
Um, I really, I think, I think it's sad. Okay, I'm gonna take a step back. You know how there's a trend of of eighteen, nineteen, twenty year old girls getting lip injections and and you know nip tucking here and there because they've had such a rough childhood and you know having all that money disposable income and uh and you know with that you get fine lines and and look it's you know they say 40 is the new 20 and all that but people don't really believe that and i guess 20 is the new 40 and we have all these people all these kids you know doing all the botox and whatever but what they don't understand because everything is about instant gratification and fixing now and doing now and looking good now and all these things now uh, you are not going to age gracefully. Just, just look at Madonna. Madonna is, 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 <laughs> is sad. Is a sad human being. I mean, I mean, she's, she's a, she should be a grandma right now. Maybe she is. I don't know. I don't really know anything about celebrities, but, um, she doesn't act like it. And it becomes very, very, um, sad to see someone this old acting and trying and gra- and like clinging on to 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 their youth that has been long gone for 30 40 years it's gone it's not coming back madonna it's not coming back but you know what look she's a celebrity she has the money she 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 can do whatever she wants she she beat us she won she has the money and everything and the fame but um what she doesn't have like all these celebrities is intellect and what she doesn't have is the ability to lay low, relax. You know, you don't need the camera on you at all times. And you don't need people looking at you and, and, and praising you at all times. And I guess her whole philosophy is, look at me, pay attention to me. I care about coronavirus too. Oh, yes, I do. I know deep down I have nothing of value to offer. But I'm afraid if the attention I'm used to dies, then so will I. This is my coronavirus. The celebrity's coronavirus is the lack of attention they die with it they believe it they believe it because they've bought into the 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 value of their celebrity hook line and sinker and uh they uh this is their god their celebrityhood is their god so let's check in on madonna and see how she is doing because she posted a video three hours ago that already has a two hundred thousand views and um the the caption of her tweet is the caption is living in special times dot 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 thank god for imagination and fried fish hashtag quarantine hashtag covid19 hashtag stay safe hashtag be creative let's check in on madonna being creative this is a treat oh my god this is a treat let's see we get a special you guys you know how you look tickets to madonna's concerts are really expensive this is a special treat madonna is gracing us with her presence on twitter this is amazing it's look it's only 26 seconds long but if you do the math and and, and with the ticket prices of madonna this is um the, the, the i guess this is worth like 10 bucks right let's check in on madonna come on go let's go eat some fried fish amazing uh look so you you're listening to this and and most likely won't see this tweet but um 
I'm watching this video and I didn't see the gun to her head. It's weird. I I thought I'd click this video, listen to it, watch it, and and see a gun to her head. But she posted this video voluntarily. It's bizarre. And um and again, remember I was saying the the they're nothing without their studio audiences, the cameras on them, the the writers and all that. Well, I guess if you're a musician, you're nothing without the the auto tune in the studio and the lip syncing in concerts because her voice is shit. Her voice is garbage. I doubt it was ever even good. This is uh, this is so embarrassing. Um, that being said, we gotta we gotta move on because there's so much to talk about on this podcast. Sam Smith, he uh, for those of you that don't know, Sam Smith is a he considers himself non-binary, uh, meaning he I guess he doesn't have a gender, um, but it's a dude. Clearly, Sam Smith, he looks like a dude. He has a beard. He has a short haircut. He wears dude clothing. He's just a fag. He's a fag. So um, Sam Smith shared emotional snaps as they. Oh, I guess he goes by they, them. So it's not like he's with other people. They as in him. As they went through several several stages of a quarantine meltdown while in self-isolation in their $12 million mansion on Wednesday. $12 million. <laughs> Uh, look, full disclosure, I've lived in pretty expensive homes, but I can't imagine what a $12 million mansion. If you want to see some nice content, some level-headed content, uh, go to Arnold Schwarzenegger's Twitter. Um, but let's hear what Sam Smith has to say. And, uh, he's having a meltdown. Yeah, actually, uh, fuck Sam Smith. I, 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 uh, I watched that video. He's not really having a meltdown. He's just, he's just bored in his $12 million home and he's being... He's taking precautionary measures because he has the sniffles, and uh, and he was just checking up on us, you know, because that's what celebrities do. They um, not only are they like more virtuous than us and smarter than us and and more charming than us and have more charisma than us, but they um, they're just they're just better than us all around. They care. They're checking up on us. We can't check up on them. Because they have the you know gated communities and the security guards and all of these things, but but they can check up on us, and uh, you know what I I uh, I commend them. Let's go to Ellen. Let's check in on Ellen DeGeneres, huh? Um. So so I saw I saw something about her having a meltdown too, and I'm like, okay, enough with this word meltdown. So I went on her Twitter, and I think it was worse than that. I think if you're having a meltdown, fine. Um, maybe you can't control that. Maybe you're just kind of perpetuating that in your own head. But the, the funny thing is about this is that she, she's starved for attention. And, uh, I find this whole thing insufferable and, uh, and it's truly telling how empty their, their lives are. So she was doing this shtick and clearly a shtick where she's having mundane phone calls with her celebrity friends only to talk to them about how bored they are. You know, how, how yeah, how are you doing? Oh, yeah, I'm bored, I'm bored. Okay, bye. Like, that's supposed to be funny. And the funny thing is, is you know that this is all bullshit because, again, someone is filming Ellen calling these people, talking to these people. And her whole feed was like, it's not like I took one video. She posted like five or six of these. And it's not funny. And uh, it's not cute. It's not cute. But let's let's check up check in on on Ellen DeGeneres. Over a million people have watched this so far. Hey, John. Yeah, who's this? It's Ellen. Oh, hi, Ellen. 
What's going on? Wait. Again, they're trying to be cute. It's so stupid. I have to pause that because John Legend answers the phone. Uh, who's this? Okay. You know caller ID was invented in, in the 90s. You can see who's calling you, and that's on your landline. Um, we have cell phones. If Ellen DeGeneres has your number and you're John Legend, you have her number. You don't need to answer with who is this to be cute. Like, oh, we're normal. We're normal. We we just we just call each other up and uh, we answer it like normal people do when normal people get weird phone calls. We're normal. What's going on? did this like eight times <laughs> it's so stupid and what did you see she couldn't hide the truth in, a, in it. there was a little bit of truth in there oh i wish i had kids i'm bored well yeah you have no distractions now you don't have your your show your life is empty your life is meaningless oh you have a, a show on cbs that plays for uh, middle-aged white women who uh who watch your show while folding laundry or something i mean like your show is pointless and stupid and fluff and your life is too i keep repeating that but it's just this is so fascinating to me i might be i might be um kind of harping on this a little bit too much but this is actually this is also funny so jimmy kimmel does uh, a thing so a lot look all all these people are kind of doing little things, little like monologues. You know, all these uh, late night shows hosts are doing these monologues in their home. And again, they probably didn't write it. They were texting their writers and like, hey, can you write me a thing? And then I, they film it on their phone and post it. And they, uh, like this one's called uh, a, what is this called? Shit. This is called a mini log. This is mini log. It's a mini log. And 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 Stephen Colbert, Colbert did it. All of them did it. And then and then when they were still filming in studio, John Oliver filmed his show without an audience. And these people, you can tell they're so unfunny without their audience. The audience is an illusion. When the audience laughs, it's an illusion. It's almost like a cue for you to laugh. So so you know you you if you don't look deep down. It's funny, but but under the under microscope and if you dissect it a little, it's not funny, and it's and you can tell com- it's completely not funny when they uh, are just doing it in their home or with an empty audience in the studio, because there's no laugh track, and uh, and then it just becomes a little bit sad and depressing. So, um, the the these celebrities are kind of are kind of going toe-to-toe. They're kind of um, perpetuating the message that the media is too, that if you if you call it the Chinese virus or whatever, it's racist. And, um, and uh, it's, it, it really, it's really telling on, on whose side they're on. They're, you're, you're protecting China. You're simping for China. You're like, why? Why are you doing this? Why do you hate your country so much? It's just bizarre to me. It's bizarre behavior.
Um, so these are the people who control our language and, and uh, our moral discourse. So Jimmy Kimmel jokes, a great way to prevent the virus is from spreading is to name it something racist. No one's laughing here. It's 30 seconds. Let's listen. Trump, meanwhile, has a catchy little nickname for the coronavirus. He now calls it the Chinese virus every chance he gets. Because, you know, they say a great way to prevent a virus from spreading is to name it something racist. That way people keep it on the down low. I don't know why he does this. Actually, I do know why he does this. It's to deflect blame away from him. It's like when he started calling Eric and Don Jr. the Ivana kids. Funny. That's that's um, <laughs> it's really funny. So, uh, no, it's not. And and also, it's just it's just sad that these people are that incurious. Like, no, Trump called it the Chinese virus because we're attacking uh, China, who is putting the blame on us and our U.S. soldiers. Again, you're you're defending China. It's not racist to call it that. It came from them, and I think again on purpose. So, uh, I mean, look, this is not surprising, but this is going to have a this is going to backfire like everything else, like how all these woke cultures are dying because everything is real now. Um, I'm not I'm spending a little bit too much time on these celebrity things, um, but there was uh, another video from Vanessa Hudgens, who's the what's it called? High school musical girl. And she's in movies and stuff. But she oh, she deleted it. But she said um, she she was kind of like poo pooing the whole thing and being like it's not a it's not a big deal and blah blah blah. Whatever, I don't care. The, uh, I'm glad the video got deleted. I don't. We don't need to talk about that. That was just in my notes. But um, this is all kind of tied together with the mentality of this is Gen Z. This is Gen. I usually talk. I usually speak highly of Gen Z, but but you know. There's a large group of them flocking to Miami to uh, to party because, you know, they've been planning this for months, for two months. And and again, I was saying that this brings us all together, that that something like the coronavirus or 9-11 or World War Two is something that is so much bigger than your own political beliefs that it just bring, for the majority of us, not celebrities, not the media and not. Um, selfish teenagers, but for the mo- for the most part, it will bring us all together, which it has, and uh, because because we know it's a real thing. But when you're young and stupid, and those go hand in hand, there's very few young and smart. When you're young and stupid, when your brain's not fully developed, you're only going to think about yourself. You're going to drive cars 130 miles an hour. Nothing matters. You're going to live forever. You feel invincible. Nothing hurts. You don't have aches, aches and pains. So you're playing You're playing life on easy mode. You're novice. You're playing it on novice. And uh, CBS put out a video of interviewing people going to spring break. And I thought it was really telling. So I tweeted, yes, yes, Corona, but we have a significant longer lasting hostile consequence inv- infecting our culture and it like i'll play you the video but let me read you my other tweets so i can give you my opinion you know and then you can watch this video and i don't need to jump in and out of it so i said it's not surprising kids like partying but our past generations pre-boomer everyone sacrificed comforts together for the greater good of our society we're now seeing the feel-good movement from the 60s rapidly devolve in front of our eyes. Narcissism, narcissism reigns supreme. Narcissism 
really started like the me 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 thing and if it feels good do it and uh and that whole mentality really started ramping up in the 60s it started small in and this is why this is like a virus it started small in the 20s uh, when PR became a thing, and I've spoken about this many times on this podcast, but PR gave people an identity through what they purchase. And uh, it, d- it wasn't like that before. Only the super rich bought unnecessary things. Everyone else had the bare minimum. They had the one suit, they had their work clothes, and they had, you know, uh, they, they didn't have like fancy anything. Now, because of capitalism, which is a good thing, that everyone basically is able to live like a rich person. Even if you don't think you're rich, you're living like the richest person in the world did just a hundred years ago. So, um, the, after that with PR, uh, and the feel good movement, they really started hammering the idea that your feelings matter more than anything. And they sold you products based on that. So it was really, does this make you feel good? Do you feel good? Do, this question of like, are you happy? Do you feel good? Is this okay? All that. It, it, it was not a thing before. And then it, it started becoming more normal. So then we think our feelings, our, our individualism, our individual feelings are, are the, the most important thing in the world. And they're not. You feel like, for instance, there are studies on this. You feel... You feel like, okay, let me give you a little example. Do you think that you would feel good buying that dream car you wanted? Or if you were able to give money to an orphanage so they could eat for a year? Like, what will make you feel better? The orphanage thing. Not the car that you wanted, but the orphanage thing. And I haven't looked into it deeply, so I don't really want to philosophize on why that is. But for some reason... We feel good. Actually, I think it's because we feel good when we can help our DNA um, succeed. So, for instance, if, if in a country where, you know, yes, we're all from different backgrounds and whatever and melting pot bullshit and all that. When nationalism is above all that. So I was explaining to I've been getting a ton of hate on Instagram. Uh, the, the people who agree with me tend to stay silent. I get some encouraging messages here and there, but I've been doubling down on my shit talking on China. And someone DM'd me saying, well, I'm Chinese American and this kind of offends me and blah, 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 because my culture. And I wrote back, your culture is not China. You say you're a Chinese American. You were born in this country. You're an American Chinese. You're American. I hate this whole thing of African-American. No, you're, you, you have no ties to Africa other than your blood. And your ancestors. Other than that, you're American. You're American African. Above all, you're American. I don't care if you're a Democrat. I don't care if you're whatever. You're an American above all. And we need to go back to that mentality. And when we care about our culture, our surroundings, our communities, everything like that, uh, then we feel more tied to where we live and where we're from. And there's more social cohesion. So, again, it's not surprising that these kids like partying, but in our past generations, pre the boomer generation, where the feel-good movement really reigned supreme and started rapidly devolving to what it is now, which is nar- like narcissism above all, me above all, um, p- 
people would have put their their wants and needs aside for the greater good. I'll give you an example. During World War II, teens lied. Boys, I hate when they say men and women. No, it was the men. The women stayed behind and they helped build. Like they worked in the factories and they helped build the artillery and all that, which is which was really impressive to see. But the ones who fought on the front lines were boys. And a lot of them lied about their age so they could fight for their country on the front lines. They die. You know what I mean? Like, think about that for a second. Why would they do that if they if like most likely they would die? They were they're 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 they don't have that much military training. They don't have time for military training and they're just going to go overnight. They're going to go and fight uh, on the beaches of Normandy. And why is that? Because it's ingrained in, in, in human nature. But it, it, it's it's maybe it's not so ingrained in human nature because it's been it's been eroding. We don't feel tied to our country anymore. Social cohesion is gone. All, uh, all these things are, are you know, have lost to Instagram and social media and uh, me, 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 me. But people used to do this because it helps their society as a whole. It, it, it actually can give you more meaning. Like a person like that will have had more meaning in their life in just 20 years and then die than you will have had if you live to be 100 if if it's about you 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 so my point being today they can't be bothered about coronavirus because spring break let's watch this video i get corona i get corona at the end of the day i'm not gonna let it stop me from partying you know i've been waiting we've been waiting for miami spring break for a while about two months we've had this trip planned two or three months we're just not even having a good time whatever happens happens like it's really messing up with my spring break what is there to do here other than go to the bars or the beach and they're closing all of it it's really messing i think they're blowing it way out of proportion i think it's doing way too much doing us bad we need a refund this virus ain't that serious it's serious it's more serious things out there like hunger and poverty we need to address that yeah i mean we planned this a long time ago and it was kind of up in the air if we still go but like we're here i just turned 21 this year so i'm here to party so it's kind of disappointing but we're just making the most of it we met these other people in our little airbnb spot so we're just hanging out with them and trying to get drunk before everything closes fuck these people Fuck them. Fuck them. Nothing nothing matters than their feelings and their partying and everything like that. There's no there's nothing bigger than them. This is the problem with killing religion like John Lennon wanted to in his song. This is the problem with killing nationalism. This is the problem with shipping all your jobs away to China. And this is the problem with raising your kids on iPads. Not only fuck them, but fuck their parents. These are people devoid of any any intellect any any these people do not think they if if they turn um the tv off if they turn the internet and their iphones and everything off there is crickets in their head that's all there is no deep thought deep thought is like oh what if they're aliens that's all that's that's as deep as it goes for them fuck these people fuck their parents and uh, and and this is a major problem. And you know what? It's gonna hit them so hard. I had um, my friend called me last night. No, no. He first he texted me, and he goes, he he's in New York. He's a very very wealthy man, and uh, he has a family. He has a wife and kids, and uh, he's pretty connected. And 
he texts me. He's like, hey, what do you think about this this uh, coronavirus? Like, what's your take on this whole thing? So I, I, I voice message. I didn't feel like typing. I voice messaged. I said, China did it uh, on purpose, and, and it, it, they didn't like the trade deal. And, and uh, we're seeing our economy fall apart. They're trying to get Trump out. This is an attack on his nationalistic uh, policies. And uh, this is globalism clinging, clinging on for dear life. And it's obvious that this is it. And it, this is not a natural occurrence. This was lab made and blah, blah, blah. And then he calls me. He goes, I agree with everything you just said. And then we started talking a little bit more deeper about this. And he goes, the, he said, this is a bigger problem than what we thought and before I get into the rest of the conversation it got me thinking and you know when you hear all the media and everyone comparing this to the H1N1 virus from 10 years ago or swine flu or um, the black plague or any of these sorts of things or Zika and how this is so much smaller than those problems well yeah because you're looking at the end number you're looking at the number after it all happened this is just the beginning, and this is what we ended up talking about. He was telling me that his, uh, his wife's his wife is a doctor, so his wife's friend, um, who's like the head doctor of lungs in New York, like the biggest lung doctor in New York, he was saying that the hospitals there are already at seventy five percent capacity. They only have twenty five percent room left, and that this is affecting. Not just old people. You know how they're reporting that old people are the ones who suffer the most with this and young people, it doesn't hit them as hard? He goes, that is all a lie. The, the media basically perpetuated that that lie. And he was saying that this is, uh, the reason why that's a lie is because the, the, the hospitals have to make drastic decisions. And it's going to get worse and worse the more people go out and party for spring break and they don't do this whole social distancing thing. I hate that fucking term. But, uh... So he was saying that it's not like the virus discriminates against old people and hits them harder than young people in, in this whole pre-existing condition thing, which on paper it sounds like it makes sense, but, but if you look at it a little deeper, it doesn't. And the reason why it doesn't make sense is because um, the hospitals, like I said, have to make a decision. So they're giving the treatment and beds to the younger people because they have a better likelihood of surviving and they're younger and they have more to live for and blah, blah, blah. So the hospitals have to make these drastic, uh, grim decisions. And um, so so that's why you're starting to hear the media now start talking about that this is actually hitting young people and hitting young people hard. You can hear people on Twitter, young people who've had it or who are experiencing it right now, they're recounting their whole story. I read one that has like 500,000 retweets. And uh, hopefully that's spreading this information because this is the reality of it. So um, then we also started talking about something called exponential growth. Let me ask you a little a little brain teaser, okay? Would you rather have a million dollars now, or would you rather have a penny multiplied every day for a month? If you chose the million dollars, then you're fucking stupid, and I hope you get coronavirus. Um, exponential growth. This is what we're going to be experiencing. So the numbers right now aren't that big of a deal, and um, the the okay. So let me just read you the definition: growth whose rate becomes even ever more rapid in proportion to growing total number or size. So this is what's happening. So for those complaining that Trump isn't handling this well, it seems now like he was kind of getting 
moving pretty quickly, especially because in the beginning we really had no idea what this was. There's a video going around on Twitter. No, not on. I just, I, I guess, just on online about how um, in in January the press conferences Trump was saying this is no big deal. We we have it under control, and then slowly shifting his tone to where it's no, this is a real thing. I guarantee you, around that time. You're going based off of what we're getting from China and the World Health Organization. And uh, and also, you don't want people to panic. And that's what a good leader does. So he didn't have all the information. He can't make people panic. And uh, an example is uh, the World Health Organization tweeted this in January 14th. They tweeted this. This is a real tweet. Preliminary investigations conducted by the Chinese authorities because we can trust them, have found no clear evidence of human-to-human transmission of the novel coronavirus 2019 NCOV identified in Wuhan, China. So the World Health Organization was the mouthpiece for the, the, the authoritarian Chinese government. And that's the information we had to go by. So there was look hindsight is twenty twenty. You can look back and be like, well, Trump didn't take this seriously. Well, no, he did because we pretty much right after that closed the borders with China. And um, so so look with this, China is a major problem. But look the the back to exponential growth, we're gonna see the numbers rapidly get worse before they get better. I think. And uh, it's because, you know, talking to my friend who gave me that information of the, the New York hospitals and so on. But this is this is the difference also between the United States and a country like Italy. Italy's uh, density, population density is completely different than the United States. That's why in the United States, it's going to be hitting uh, Los Angeles and San Francisco and New York a lot differently than it is middle America. So it seems like we're mobilizing and getting these things under control. Um, and we're taking the right steps, and I don't think this is going to last for six months. Uh, but but it won't be a pretty picture. And 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 the governor of California said that this is going to fifty seven percent of Californians are going to be affected. I don't think that's the case. I think he's trying to um, instill a little bit of fear because uh, he wants people to take this seriously. So he's he is blowing this out of proportion. But I think for a reason. And I'm not one to defend Gavin Newsom. Fuck that guy. But with all that, China is a major problem. Uh, it, so I, I uh, there's this tweet here. Um, China again pushes conspiracy. Uh, uh, America is to blame for coronavirus. U.S. media ignores. So an expert, an expert, Central China TV. This is communist propaganda TV. The U.S. pushed out of out the vaccine so quickly, quickly that only means they have been working on it. Way before the pandemic, the host says, so can we conclude that the U.S. has had the virus in their possession long ago? Let me watch this quickly. It's in Chinese, Mandarin. Sure, sure. Oh, there's no, <laughs> there's no um, subtitles. So all I can tell you is that they're lying. Um, so this next video, though. Uh, it says trying. So this is a uh, this is again from China. This is a, a Twitter account from China. Follow us to know more about China's diplomacy. So the the caption says trying to move medical supply chains back to the U.S. from China is unrealistic and unhelpful. A wrong remedy for COVID nineteen. They don't want to help us. They want us to die. They, they want our economy to die. So wait wait wait. Let me read this to you. 
In their era of globalization, interests of all countries are deeply integrated. The global industri industrial and supply chains are the results of market forces and business decisions. It is unrealistic and in insensible to try to sever them or even trumpet shifting or decoupling. This is by no means a remedy for the coronavirus. It won't help fix domestic problems the U.S. is facing and will do only more harm to American people because they care about us. Basically, um, they, they don't want to... Um, they, they don't want to help us with the medical supplies. <laughs> Their true colors are coming out. I've been saying this. And, uh, and yeah. So, basically, so it says here, China continues to push the fake news conspiracy that the U.S. created coronavirus. The media, which, which obsessed over foreign meddling and fake news for years, has nothing to say about this or deny it entirely they're more worried about trump calling it the chinese virus which is most of the hate i'm getting on instagram which i think is funny but the media continues to protect china so see uh no nbc said in an article uh, coronavirus coronavirus in the trump era proves nationalism's worse than globalism for the world history shows that a united show of force from the globe, globe's leading governments could have stopped the panic, but no such demonstration has come. Globalism literally allowed it to spread. How about that? If we built, if we had factories here making our medical supplies and medicine and all that, uh, we would have been able to handle this right away. And it's so funny that NBC still is simping for China. Let's get to the environment. So. <laughs> I love this story. Um, you know how I was saying last week or earlier this week that that if global warming was a real problem, the markets would have reacted to it. People would have reacted to it. It wouldn't have been a virtue signaling kind of story where people say they care about the environment but can continue to live their lives like how they always do. And then you have something like this happen, and it's like, holy shit, now we're actually changing the way we live. Now we're actually staying home. Be and now the markets are really reacting. It's because it's a real thing. Now, that's not to say that certain you're going to see certain things in the environment shift, like the blue skies in China, because the factories, and look, they don't even, they don't care about their environment, so they, they or their people there. So they kind of like, they treat everything like shit. Um, that's why they, they, we have solved the smog in LA, whereas they haven't done anything to fix their black skies. But when they shut down all the factories for a month, it, it's blue skies now. So it's not like there's no such thing as pollution and we shouldn't do something about it. There is. There, 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 that's, that's where the environmental movement has everything wrong. They used to talk about pollution and don't throw garbage on the ground and all that. And then when you make it so incomprehensible... And so out of reach and, and more like a you're fighting God, which is global warming. And it's just so impossible for one person to do something. Then really no one cares uh, and no one can do anything. So the environmental movement used to be we got to we got to keep our streets clean and we can't dump trash in the ocean and and do these things. 
and uh, we got to fix our skies and our rivers and streams and everything like that. And people did, and we fixed it. China didn't because they don't give a fuck. But the environment is back, baby. I'm seeing all these tweets. And this one, this is one of the big ones. It says, wow, Earth is recovering. Air pollution is slowing down. This is true. Water pollution is clearing up. This is true. Natural wildlife returning home. Coronavirus is Earth's vaccine. We are the virus. This is where you're wrong. The self-hatred for humans, especially white humans, because this is always an attack on Western culture, whereas, you know, people ignore China and how they conduct themselves, or Indonesia, or um, Africa. They, they, they ignore them because that would be racist. But it's easy to, to hate the white countries that are actually really good with pollution and garbage and oceans and all that. We don't, we don't really um, contribute, contribute to any of that. So, uh, coronavirus is Earth's vaccine where the virus. Go fuck yourself, man. Um, you can be for clearing up the air pollution and, and the water pollution, and, and you could be happy for natural wildlife to return. But but you don't have to throw yourself under the bus as well. And uh, the funny thing with all these tweets I'm going to read to you, and, and uh, I'm going to play a video for myself of a dolphin swimming near the Italian canal or whatever, Venice, Italy, uh, is that... We've been lied to. So we've been told that the earth is on the brink of collapse. We're, we have 10 years left on this planet and it's dying and the earth is dying. But the, the lie is, where the lie is, is that the earth is so resilient that within the span of two weeks, uh, it rebounds like this. I, 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 now more than ever, I do not buy this, this notion that we're on the brink of death and collapse and our ecosystem is dying when our ecosystem can bounce back in two weeks. It just doesn't make sense. So um, another tweet is, citizens of Wuhan can finally hear birds chirping after the, after years. Venice's water canals are clear and full of fish, and you can even see the Tatra Mountains from Krakow because the smog has lifted. This isn't apocalypse. This isn't an apocalypse. It's an awakening. Again, there's things that we can fix. And, and if, the, if the environmental movement was about that, then I'm all for it. It's not about that, though. It's about shutting down in- industries 100%. They ignore nuclear power as a viable option when it's the best one. It's the most environmental friendly and most efficient and cheapest thing. And they go for sun, sun, solar power and windmills, which fucking suck, take up so much land and so much resources and even their lithium batteries for the the cars for the Teslas and all that they're they're all they're all it's a scam it's all bullshit you have to 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 mine and then bury the lithium it's really bad for the environment so everything that is actually good for the envi- environment they ignore putting sanctions on china and pressuring them to become more like us they ignore uh but self-hatred and shitting on western countries and western civilization that's a okay so uh, another tweet that blew up. Levels of nitrogen dioxide pollution fell drastically in parts of Italy, a direct result of the country closing due to COVID-19. So they would rather, like, fish come and the water become a little bit more clear. They would rather that than uh, than having a thriving economy and, uh, you know, everyone having a little bit of money in their bank. They would rather, like, full economic collapse because of the fish. The fish came back. And, 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 and also Italy has been decimated decimated by the coronavirus fuck those people who died let's you know this is a good thing those those 
10,000 people who died or whatever, that's fine. That's totally fine because the fish are back. The little fishies are back, and the canal is clear. Uh, Venetians say the water hasn't been this clear in 60 years. Air quality and pollution continues to clear. Some refreshing positive news for your timeline. (laughs) These people, no self-awareness. Here's an unexpected side effect of the pandemic. The waters flowing through the canals of Venice is clear for the first time in forever. The fish are visible. The swans have returned. Where were the swans hiding this whole time? Oh, my God. Uh, due to lockdown, ferries are no longer operating in, around Italy, and dolphins have been appearing in the ports. By the way, if we all made our cities as beautiful as Venice, and we all cared about aesthetic, and we all cared about uh, walkable cities and, and timeless architecture, then we wouldn't all have to go to Italy to see it. And we wouldn't have to, f- to pollute their waters to experience that. We could do that here. But we refuse to because we have, post-war, post-World War II, we have, uh, for some reason, taken the brutalist approach of architecture. And we, we, ha- we have uh, collectively decided aesthetic doesn't matter. Beauty doesn't matter. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Um, but the dolphins are back. The dolphins are back by the port. It's like the dolphins were in suspended animation and dead. They were just frozen, and then they're like, holy shit, there's no more boats. Let's go back there. It's like they appeared out of nowhere. The dolphins existed. They were just 100 feet away, you retards. It's beautiful. I, I Look, I get it, and I wish that the waters were clear like that all the time. Um, maybe if we stopped panicking about fake global warming, then we can uh, focus on real solutions to these things. It, it, look, it's two weeks. doesn't seem like it's that hard if this is two weeks. It seems like there's a solution in here somewhere. <laughs> um, but, okay. The next thing... I think we're good on time because this is already an hour. And um, and uh, I can blast through the woke culture that's dying right in front of our eyes. Man, I really hope this is the stake in the heart of woke culture, woke PC culture. This This would be such a blessing. There's so many blessings around us. So, and I'll blast through these. You know, maybe this podcast, maybe it's like 10 more minutes because I'm, I'm doing such a good job. <laughs> That's the Trumpness in me. So, um, so all these woke cultures are, are kind of dying. And not only that, but just degeneracy itself. There's always going to be degen- degeneracy and all that, but it's good to see them suffer. It's good to see these, these, uh, these industries suffer. So first and foremost, um, they, 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 Marvel. Now, Marvel was probably working on this for months, and then to, it, it's kind of kind of funny. It's telling that they release it now, but their first non-binary uh, superheroes come come out. What does that mean? I don't know. Non-binary. I guess you don't have a gender. Um, so the first non-binary superhero in Marvel, and they named them Snowflake. No, this is not fake. So let's play this video for you. Um, it's 56 seconds long. It's it's so funny. Snowflake and Safe Space are twins, and their names are very similar to screen time. It's this idea that these are terms that get thrown around on the internet that they don't see as uh, derogatory to take those words and kind of wear... This guy looks exactly as you would think. Uh, round face, skinny fat, balding, heavily balding, Probably my age, 33. I'm 33. Uh, and glasses in sock. Like soy boy. You, this, this, this is what this guy looks like. Wearing the 
sort of stereotypical jock. He can create force fields, but he can only trigger them if he's protecting somebody else. Snowflake is non-binary and goes by they, them. Snowflake... Okay, so safe space, his super superpower is he can make a force field for f to help someone who needs help. So it's a safe space. You get it, you see so they they took the term that we created or th that we made fun of them for and they made it a nice thing, a nicer thing. It's kind this is this story kind of feels like it's from 2015. It's almost a joke. It's almost like they just created this because they wanted to press but I guess no press is bad press, but if they did this because they actually think it's a good idea, then, you know. So Snowflake, though, in the video, there's 20 more seconds. Snowflake is uh, non-binary, and she goes by they, or he, it goes by they, them. Snowflake has the power to generate individual crystallized snowflake-shaped shurikens. The connotations of the word snowflake in our culture right now are something fragile. And uh, this is a character who is uh, turning it into something sharp. Snowflake is the person who has the more offensive power, and Safe Space is the person who has the more defensive power. The idea was that uh, they would mirror each other and complement each other. So cute. This is so stupid. I mean, what does it say here that I want to... Oh yeah, they're taking their power back. That's what I wanted to say. They're taking the power back. These are derogatory terms that were made to make fun of uh, liberals and, and fragile liberals, but we're taking the power back by giving a they-them superhero the, the power to throw sharp snowflakes. Because that's a thing. <laughs> this is so stupid. Um... Oh, there's the rest of them. There, there's more. So it's not just Snowflake and uh, Safe Space. There's other ones. There is... There is... Screen Time. So Screen Time is a meme-obsessed super teen whose brain becomes connected to the internet after becoming exposed to his grandfather's experimental internet gas. What does that mean? Now he can see augmented reality and real-time maps and can instantly Google any fact. Yeah, we can, we can all do that. We have iPhones. What is his grandfather's experimental internet gas? What is internet gas? <laughs> is everyone getting dumber? Uh, does this make him effectively a genius? He sure acts like he does. That's screen time. Oh, this one's a good one. Trailblazer. Trailblazer, the picture of Trailblazer is a really obese black lady. Let's hear what Trailblazer uh, is about. Regu regular kid scooped up into the world of teenage superheroing. What? Her magic backpack is actually a pocket dimension which seeming with seemingly infinite space from which she can pull out useful or random objects. Like Mary Poppins. So Okay, so this is Mary Poppins. Your superhero is Mary Poppins. It's not always under control. She claims to get her power from God, but not the God you're thinking of. Well, then that means God is a female. God is powerful and she's mad. She? Is it that? Is that what it is? 
And then, oh my god, there's like a bat thing that is called B negative. <laughs> it's it's a it's a vampire, a teen living vampire exposed to Michael Morbius's blood as a child in a rogue but life-saving medical procedure. Is this the bat that started the Wuhan virus? He still ages like a regular kid, but has all the abilities of Morbius. He's also obsessed with all the music and attitude of a classic long past decades like the 90s and the 00s. The world is a vampire and so am I. What is this? Who created? Why would Marvel do this? It's so stupid. (laughs) And those are the three other ones. I love this. I want more of that from Marvel. And the reason is is because I want them to fail miserably. You know, they sneak in these things with, with Captain Marvel and, um, and Black Panther and all that. But when they're so on the nose with these things, they're going to fail so miserably. And it's so much more funny. I love it. So the Atlantic, which remember the podcast I did a few months, um, a month or so ago of, of, uh, the author David Brooks writing about how the nuclear family was a mistake. So this is the same publication. And this is a headline from it. The coronavirus is a disaster for feminism. Pandemics affect men and women differently. Okay, so so by that headline, you're thinking, oh my God, this is a sexist uh, pandemic. This is a sexist virus. This this is attacking women more, th- more than it is men. And, oh my God, this is crazy. Why would the Chinese design it to do that? But... In reality, if you look at the data, it's it's harming men more than women. It's 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 hurting men more than women. And we're not complaining and saying that it's affecting meninism. But um let's read this article. <laughs> Enough already. <laughs> when people try to be cheerful about social distancing and working from home, noting that William Shakespeare and Isaac Duden Newton did some of their best work while in e- while England was ravaged by the plague. There's an obvious response. Neither of them had childcare responsibilities. <laughs> Forget the fact that this virus, which it is, it's it's killing more men than women and affecting more men than women. Um, worse than that, women now have to stay home with their kids and and teach them from home. This is a travesty. Shakespeare spent most of his career in London, where the theaters were, um, while his family lived in Stratford. Upon Avon, I don't know what that means. During the plague of 1606, the playwright was lucky to be spared from the epidemic. His landlady died at the height of the outbreak, and his wife and two adult daughters stayed safely in the Warwickshire countryside. Hey, England, can you please name your towns not something out of Harry Potter? Just just name it like uh, Miami. Something easy. Uh, Newton, meanwhile, never married or had children. He saw... Out of the great plague of 1665 and 6 on his family, family's estate in East England and spent most of his adult life as a fellow at Cambridge University where his meals and housekeeping were provided by the college, by women. For those with caring... Resp- First of all, okay, I'm, I'm ready a couple paragraphs in this article. I don't... What are you complaining about? Aren't there bigger issues than than women staying at home with the kids right now as it should be i mean people are dying people are losing their jobs people are uh, industries are suffering 
I mean, there's bigger issues than feminism at play. For those with caring responsibilities, an infectious disease outbreak is unlikely to give them time to write King Lear or develop a theory of optics. Oh, no. All these magical feminists won't be able to do these things because they have to take care of the kids. A pandemic magnifies all existing inequalities. Even as politicians insist, this is not the time to talk about anything other than the immediate crisis. Working from home in a white-collar job is easier. Employees with salaries and benefits will be better protected. Self-isolation is less taxing in a spacious house than a cramped apartment. But one of the most striking uh, one of the most striking effects of the coronavirus will be to send many couples back to the 1950s. Yes, that's good. That's what, let's go back to that. Like, like I was saying with the nuclear family. Across the world, women's independence will be a silent victim of the pandemic. Oh, no. You guys, feminism is dying. This is so sad. Why is no one talking about this? Thank you, The Atlantic, for bringing this to our attention. Purely as a physical illness, the coronavirus appears to affect women less severely. There you go. It's finally something true in this article. But in the past few days, the conversation about the pandemic has broadened. We are not just living through a public health crisis, but an economic one. As much of normal uh, as much of normal life is suspended for the three months or more, job lo- losses are inevitable. At the same time, school closures and household isolation are becoming are are, are moving the work of caring for children from the paid economy, nursery schools, babysitters, to the unpaid one. Hey, maybe that is good for social cohesion. Maybe caring for your own kids is a good thing, you guys. Oh, you can't say you guys. That's anti-feminist. The coronavirus smashes up the bargain that so many dual-earner couples have made in in the developed world. We can both work because someone uh, we can both work because someone else is looking after our children. How is that a good thing? Instead, couples will have to decide which one of them uh, takes the hit. So you get where this article is going. We don't need to keep reading it, and it goes and it goes and it goes and it goes because. Uh, this is not a concise article because it's just a woman complaining about that. And I guess she knows her job is um, useless. So um, we're down to a couple more things. Oh, I, I kind of jumped the gun. I wanted to talk. Not that it matters, the order of this, because it's all kind of the same. But um, porn. Porn is also taking a hit. The, actually, the, the cam girl stuff, I think they're doing a pr- pretty well because most people are at home and paying them and all that, and it's sad. Um, and, you know, I'd like them to die, like the industry to die, not not them. Um, but uh, two things about porn. So, f- one, porn, the porn industry calls for a shutdown due to, due to the coronavirus. Adult industry lobbying group Free Speech Coalition called for all porn production to halt for the rest of March. Um, since when did the porn industry care about diseases being spread? I, I don't really, I just find that very funny. So, um, the New York Post also wrote that, one second, it's loading. I should have had this article open. The New York Post, and you know, the internet's been slower. So the New York Post, I like them because their articles are really short. Porn industry may halt shoots uh, uh, over coronavirus 
So I guess it's the same thing, but we could read this in two seconds. The porn industry's leading trade organization is calling for a two-week suspension of film shoots to help curb the spread of coronavirus. F- FSC is calling for a voluntary shutdown. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, so that's the same. Really, all you needed was the headline. But these are good things. Porn is dying. I mean, it's not dying, but it's non-essential, and they know it. All the porn that has been made, that's good enough. If anything, let's delete all of it. But but you don't need to keep making more. It's not like if you watch a porn, you're like, oh, man, reruns. Like, it, it's not like there's a plot. You're... You're just abusing yourself. Um, so that's good. Porn is dying. Feminism is dying. Marvel Comics is dying. <laughs> I mean, but Marvel Comics thing is self-sabotage. Uh, trans surgeries. Oh, my God. No, you guys. Vice Magazine. Vice Magazine is saying the coronavirus pandemic has shed light on how transgender people's care can be treated as non-essential. Oh, no. And it says, as hospitals prepare for COVID-19, life-saving trans surgeries are delayed. Chopping off, I didn't realize chopping off your dick is life-saving. This is such a joke. There's nothing else to be said about that. Just think about that for yourself. It's a joke. The trans movement, it's a joke. Vice Magazine, it's a joke. Feminism, a joke. Porn, a joke. All of this is a joke. And it's being exposed because... Things are real now. So abortion, though. This headline from um, <laughs> from Huffington Post. Uh, abortion access is under threat as coronavirus spreads. In many states, abortion clinics are holding on by a thread. The pandemic might put them under. Oh, no. <laughs> coronavirus is actually saving lives. This is amazing. This is all good. This is all good news. You guys, the good news just doesn't stop. Yes, there's bad things and all that, but you can, there's always a silver lining. And um, and also, look, guys, the, 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 these articles... Look, I, I totally understand that this podcast is way all over the place, but it's because usually I save enough articles. I'm like, okay, this is going to be good. I'll probably get through this in an hour. And, uh, you know, you kind of have to craft a little bit of a narrative I'm trying to tell a little bit of a story when I do these things. There has to be some sort of pattern I see. And really, the only pattern I can tell you is that everything is batshit crazy right now. And uh, people are complaining for the wrong reasons. Uh, but, But the truth has never been more apparent. What we find important deep down has never been more apparent. So we have these articles of like, uh, oh, no, abortion, oh, no, feminism. And then like this one I'm going to read to you. Isolating with my girlfriend and her boyfriend. The, the, these things, which were taken a little bit more seriously a month ago, have become more of a joke. And I think that is, that is very important to recognize. Especially when social justice warriors and woke people and woke culture and political correctness and all of these things are um, not letting go of their way they operate in these times. So they they are the ones that haven't adjusted to the... They haven't realized the gravity of this situation. Maybe they have, but they're ignoring it. So the fact that they're doubling down, to me, is very interesting because 
it's it it's uh it's exposing it for what it is, which is a complete hoax. So this article is uh is pretty cute. Where did it go? Did I not open it? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah I did. <laughs> Let's read this. It is uh, what it's like to isolate with your girlfriend and her other boyfriend. As the coronavirus forces, I mean, would somebody think about the polyamorous relationships? What about the polyamorous relationships? I mean, fuck the old people dying in nursing homes. What about us? As the coronavirus forces millions of Americans to practice social distancing and stay in their homes, relationships are being put to the test. Suddenly, exes are reaching out to other, to each other. Casual flings are contemplating whether they'll stay in touch, and cohabitating couples are confronted with whether or not their living style styles are truly compatible. The situation is even more complicated when you're staying inside, not with not just with your partner, but with your partner's partner as well. <laughs> this is a treat. Uh, the joke just writes itself. I don't need to add to it. For the past few days, comedian... Oh, man, this guy's probably not funny. If this is the lifestyle he's choosing, probably not funny. The comedian Billy Proceda, host of the Man Whore podcast... Okay, so his whole personality is based on sex, which means he is... Um, the most unimpressive person I've probably spoken about in this podcast has been hunkered down with his girlfriend May, uh, at his girlfriend Megan's house in Jersey City, where she lives with her other boyfriend, Kyle, a pseudonym. This is Billy's first polyamorous relationship. And while he doesn't know his uh, metamor, what does that mean? Uh, practice or of or desired for intimate relationships with more than one. Po- okay, I guess it says like counterpart guy in the relationship uh and while he doesn't know his metamorph kyle that well he says he's doing his best to respect his space so fucking gay so gay so just roll over on your stomach and and get those belly rubs you're so fucking what's it called um submissive you, a man shouldn't be submissive this is so stupid um so here's how he's holding up so far in his own words oh my god this is an interview with the Billy Procido of the Man Whore Podcast. Oh, my God, you guys. Uh, hi, Billy. How are you? Eh, you know, hanging in as best as one can. Oh, my God, I'm feeling for him. Yeah, it's a very strange time. And then he says, it was my girlfriend's birthday yesterday, so we had to try and do the best we could. Oh, no. What did you do for her birthday? We didn't get too much to do, um, to do too much. We watched some TV shows. We smoked weed, of course. I gave her some birthday sexual loving. It was really hard to celebrate because we were still getting new information and updates. It definitely brought a downer, but she says that she had a good birthday, all things considered, because she was surrounded by the two men that she loves. This is, you know, this is one of those classic love stories, you guys. One of those classic love stories. Can you tell me a little bit about your current living situation? I live in Brooklyn and my and my girlfriend and her metamor live in live in Jersey City. Megan and I have been dating about nine months, and she and her boyfriend have been dating for about two and a half years. I was only going to spend a couple of nights here, but I'm feeling like we're moving closer and closer to an actual shutdown of New York City. And I don't want to get I don't want to be stuck there 
if they close the bridges and tunnels. I have a car and I brought a bunch of stuff, so I am temporarily hunkering down here. Question, uh, what's the setup? Where are you sleeping? What are you all doing during the day? They have a two-bedroom apartment here, so I have been staying in the guest room. <laughs> For the last couple of nights, Megan slept in bed with me. But then last night, she slept. Uh, she fell asleep with me, and I woke up alone. Oh, no. I guess at some point in the night, she went to Kyle's room and slept with him. We're on day four of me being here. How has the current living situation affected your relationship with your girlfriend and your relationship with her boyfriend? You said on Twitter that you and her other boyfriend aren't best buds. Of course, because deep down under the submissiveness and the gayness and the faggotry, uh, somewhere there is like a tiny little, a tiny little wolf who, who's clawing, he's trying to get out and he's trying to make you a little bit more of a man, but you're not allowing him. So his answer, right, when I said I didn't, uh, I, when I said that, I didn't mean that we fight. It just means that we are not close. This is probably the most he and I will have exchanged words. So it's, it is interesting. I'm getting to interact with him more, but I am personally approaching everything with a lot of caution and trying to be as polite as possible because I'm in their space. I'm in his space and I don't want to be encroaching on that. So if he's like, you need to open a window to smoke weed, I'm like, okay, I will make sure to do that. Even if I wasn't sleeping with anyone in the house, I would still want to be polite about their space. But because there, there's the extra dynamic, I also don't want any romantic strains on anybody. They've also been going through some relationship difficulties themselves. No, duh. Look at polyamory on Reddit. Look at the polyamorous uh, Reddit community. Community. And you'll see that none of them work because it's not how we are wired. Especially if you're a man, you're territorial. You're a man. You don't want another man touching your girl. That's why, like, go back in history. There hasn't been a Genghis Khan, a female Genghis Khan. It didn't exist. It was always like a man who had a harem of a thousand women. There was no woman who had a thousand men. It just didn't work like that. It doesn't. It, it's never happened. Um, imagine if Genghis Khan was in a polyamorous relationship. There would have been a head on a stake. It wouldn't have lasted very long. Um, so they've been going through their own relationship difficulties themselves, and I don't want to exacerbate that by being a dick, dick or being entitled, but so far it's going okay. I'm trying to be polite without being too much. He's kind of a somber, quiet fella, and I am ready to burst with energy at any moment. And with Megan, it's been good. She manages who she spends time with how and how she does. Uh, I can talk, uh, I can take, <laughs> I can't read sometimes. I can take as much or as little as she gives. So I keep reminding her that if she wants to spend a couple of nights sleeping in bed with Kyle, that's great. I'm very flexible. No, you're gay. All right, I'm not going to read the rest of this because it's stupid. It's gay. I don't want to. I don't want to end on this note. So I want to end on um, liberals. Liberals are starting to again. So forget, forget the the woke culture. Sane people, and yes, there are some sane liberals. You know, people who can put away their their political preferences and their um, their beliefs when reality starts to hit. Uh, this has come out, and I did mention this on the last podcast when I got interviewed. But this is an article from a few days ago. It says, anti-gun people now want guns. 
And they're surprised they can't buy them. on. I called this. I called this. I called this on Monday. And they're surprised they can't buy them online and have them shipped to their homes. That would be ideal. By the way, you know when people are like, what, so you don't think there should be any common-sense gun laws? No, I don't. There's no such thing as a common-sense gun law. The Like any store, the gun owners, sh- the gun shops and gun owners or whoever's selling them should re- have the right to refuse service. That's it. If you see someone and you don't want to take the, what's it called, the, what's it called when, if someone sues you, the responsibility or whatever, or you don't want to take the risk of, um selling a gun to someone who's probably crazy, which most gun, all gun shops wouldn't sell to someone who's clearly out of their mind. They don't want to take that kind of risk and responsibility and they don't want to be sued. Um, they, they, I think that they, people should sell however they want to whoever, whoever they want. Like uh, you could buy a car online. You can buy a car on eBay. You should be able to buy guns. Sorry if I'm, that's a little too extreme. Sorry if I'm a, if I'm pro Second Amendment to the to how it was written, and I don't think that there should be any provisions, but I just find it funny that they're surprised. So uh, I'm going to skip to the middle of this article and just give you a little taste. But the process of obtaining a gun is a is a lot harder than some of them realized. Here at Omaha Outdoors, we've been inundated with inquiries from out-of-state folks, many from California, asking if we can ship them a gun directly. The answer is, of course, no because of their laws. Despite what politicians and many in, po- in popular media claim, you can't buy a gun online and have it shipped to your house. Well, you could if you were a federally licensed firearm dealer or a federally licensed uh, curio and relic collector and your home was your place of business. Other than that, no, you can't buy a gun online and have it shipped, especially across state lines to your home. Yeah, what, these, what anti-gun people do not realize is that the amount of laws on the books... Uh, make it virtually impossible to to buy them easily. There's no such thing as buy, like loopholes and buying guns at a gun show and getting them easy. Like it, it doesn't exist. Getting a gun is hard. It's harder than getting a car. Um, with the increase in sales, shortages are surely right around the corner. We've been having trouble finding certain ammo in stock at many of the major retail chains. And while sh- the shipments are still coming in, a slowdown will eventually happen. And my friends who work at other gun stores have been uh, have seen a crazy surge in gun gun buying too, with one noting that their one day sales totally exceeded Black Friday by twenty five percent, and that seventy five percent of buyers who were purchasing uh, were purchasing their first gun. He said in explanation, people need to protect their toilet paper. I said this on the radio show the other day. Another friend noted that the amount of brass cased nine millimeter they usually sell in a month was gone in the first week and that everything else would be sold out soon too if things continued at this pace. So politicals, political beliefs go away. They die when reality starts to set in. And that's the same case with the woke culture. It's unsustainable. It's an unsustainable philosophical viewpoint that dies when we have a, a, a worldwide pandemic or world war and that's why these sorts of things are important i guess that is the crux of this whole episode so yes i was all over the place um but that is the reason uh why these sorts of things are important for humanity um and you know what you guys with that that is sadcast episode 95 i'm sadwater here's a clip 
and then a song, I Love You. Bye. What kind of gun would you recommend for me? Uh, it depends on if you were talking about a handgun or a semi-automatic rifle or a bolt-action rifle or a shotgun. I want a gun that'll force girls to go out with me. Desert Eagle 50 cal. Somebody once told me the world was gonna roll me. I ain't the sharpest tool in the shed. She was looking kinda dumb with her finger and her thumb in the shape. Well, the years start coming and they don't stop coming. Woo! Feds are the rules and I hit the ground running. Uh. Damn, makes sense, not to live for fun. What? Your point gets marked, but your head gets stuck. So much to do, so much to see. So what's wrong with taking the best? You never know if you don't go. Go! You never shine if you don't glow. Hey now, you're an all star. Get your game on, go. Play. Hey now, you're a rock star. Get the show on. Get paid. And all that glitters is gold. Only shooting stars breaks the mold. <laughs> we did it, Reddit. We fixed Corona.